Hello ladies and gents, you're with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Adrianostoinus Rex for BBL Supercoach. I'm doing a bit of a, you know, 24 hours before the Big Bash launch, last minute podcast. You know, at the request of some of the listeners and followers of the old socials. So it's a great pleasure to do that for you this evening because the missus is out. She's staying at her dad's house tonight. So I'm home alone and, you know, playing with my super coach team and thinking about super coach starting tomorrow. And hopefully I can give you some tips, some news, and I'll go over my team uh, as it stands now. So look, we have had some really big developments, things that have, you know, right down to the last minute, you know, that were kind of knock you for a loop stuff to happen. Uh, and, you know, it's wouldn't be any different, would it, you know, for super coach purposes. And, you know, let's go through those uh, things. Probably the big notable one, I think, was probably Sean Abbott, you know, back out of Australia A camp and available to bowl uh, in, in game one of the double game round. Now it's a prickly pair because Sean Abbott is expecting a baby and it's very unlikely, probably near impossible that he's going to travel for game two of the double game round down there to uh, Tasmania with the team. So, well, let's cover number one, Sean Abbott for your teams. Wouldn't it be fantastic to have him in a double game round, but it'd only be the case if he was playing for two games, which he's not. So he's not an option for teams. Um, number two, is he going to affect uh, players around him? Well, you know, if the spot was uh, there for someone like Hayden Kerr in the, that Sixers lineup, I think you can put a line through him. Now, if he was in teams, he was pretty cheap and he was um, dual. So he might have been an option for teams, but this I think he's going to be the one that makes way for Sean Abbott in game one. Now, look, the Sixers are going to have a lot of bowling options if you look at them. You know, they've got some real quality, quality bowlers uh, in Abbott, you know, Curran, Jordan, you know, Dan Christian, Steve O'Keefe, and, and you know, I'm saying Ben Menenti gets the position over Lloyd Pope. Um, but, you know, that's six bowlers already right there, and... If someone like Menenti for, for my team is in, and I'm sort of hoping that he bowls four overs. Um, but, you know, you think four overs 100% for Abbott, Curran, Jordan, and probably Steve O'Keefe, if I'm looking at it. So I think that, you know, it's going to be a Menenti and DC, Dan Christian, sort of share of the overs. Now, does that put a damper on Menenti for teams at 76K uh, in a double game round? Well, you know, it worries me. It definitely worries me. Uh, you know, the way the teams are, are, are set up, it's going to be, you know, you, you're really tight and you've got reliance on these sort of cheaper players for your teams like um, Benenti. Uh, and he's probably still a fair option if, if you can get a f- three overs at least. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just being truthful that that worries me. You know, getting somebody of the caliber of Abbott back in, uh, and, you know, the senior bowler being Steve O'Keefe, you know, if it was a Kerr instead of Abbott, I would have seen Kerr only getting a couple of overs, but you're plugging back in a player like Abbott who will get his four. So you get what I mean? Um, I'm worried about Menenti, and I might make an adjustment in my team to accommodate getting him out. Now, he's one of my double game round players, uh, you know, Kuderman, Bartlett, you know, they're, they're options for teams. But, you know, that's the... 
probably the most relevant thing with Abbott in. And yes, you know, it must be said, do not put Abbott in your team because he's not going to be probably available for the two games. Some other big, big news. A release from Australia A duty, Ashton Agar. Very popular, cheapy to start the year before, obviously, those selections into the Australia A team. Uh, but he's going to be released and he's going to be available for round one. He's a jewel and he's in the 80Ks. He's a really good option for teams, particularly with the, the double game round in round four. Um, you know, a lot of teams that might have someone like a Will Sutherland in there who's in the 70Ks, uh, you know, you might be looking at going to Ashton Agar into your team. You know, stowing someone who plays in the double game round in round four is a really smart play. And a lot of us, you know, the players that we were originally going to have at our team were Mitch Marsh and Ashton Agar uh, from the Perth Scorchers just because they presented as good value options, both, you know, dual uh, and we thought that, you know, particularly in the case of Mitch Marsh, he was one of the best options for an all-rounder in the year. But you definitely, we're all going to put Ash Nagar in our team. So what, does that change for you now? Um, you know, a lot of us have probably set our teams up and we're probably looking at our teams and we've had our teams mostly set, you know, 85, 90% set and we've liked what we've seen. So it might be hard for us to fiddle things around and get Ashton Agar in, you know, from Will Sutherland, for instance, who's been in pretty good form and was probably, you know, he's in my team, you know, which we'll cover later in the podcast. But, you know, people are going to be wanting to get Ashton Agar in, you know, and you're going to find yourself, you know, 15K from, uh, you know, someone like Will Sutherland, you know, Ben Menenti, 76, maybe, you know, you're not 100% that he's going to get his four overs now. No, I don't think we ever were 100% he'd get his four overs, but, you know, now with the four overs being plugged in for sure with Abbott, maybe that casts some doubt over Menenti, uh, and you can find yourself, you know, 20K um, and get an Ashton Agar in, you know, to your team. So it's it's a big one, I think, Ashton Agar. Um, other news, we've got Finch. You know, they we heard from Coach. Coach has said that they're going to leave it to the last minute with Finch uh, and, you know, that it's not decided that Finch is going to be there or not for round one. Now, there's two things with that. Now, number one, if Finch is there for round one, he's a fantastic option for your team. You know, right back at the start of the season, we thought that he was probably cheapy number one, could be cheapy of the year because uh, he opens the bat and he's a good pedigree, you know, uh, definitely. So uh, if he's available and he's going to play in the first game, I think he's going to be straight back into teams. Uh, but also, you know, there was a theory for a lot of people that you would have uh, Finch on your bench and you could NPR him in round one. And, you know, if he makes it back for round two, round three, is it worth holding him so that you don't have to use a trade later down the track to bring Finch back into your team? Because obviously the the modus operandi for you is to use your trades to bring in double game round players. So if you're two weeks down the track when Finch was, was theoretically what we thought, he was going to be back and you're going to use a trade to bring him back in, well, that's one double game round person that you cannot bring back into your team. So Finch might be there for round one. Boom, that's nice and easy. You bring him back into your team. Uh, but um, in my view, if he's a, this close and they're saying we'll leave it up to last, he's, he's got to be close. So I would expect game two, you know, for Finch back into that team. So I think he's still a great option for people to start with because it's going to be round two, I think, you know, at the latest. 
barring something bad that happens. But the way they're talking is like he's a chance for one. I, I think he's a pretty good chance for, for two. Um, the ramifications of Finch being in there, well, he's going to come and take a top order spot in that team. So, you know, theories that we might have had Jake Fraser McGurk uh, opening, I think are probably, you know, out the door. Uh, and, you know, there could be Mac Mackenzie Harvey and Jake Fraser McGurk fighting for a position in that team. So I, I think that there's a few people that have Jake Fraser McGurk in their team and you would want to keep eyes on this Finch news. And even then, you know, maybe uh, if they say, you know, we're going to go with uh, Mackenzie Harvey, uh, th there's a short lifespan maybe for Jake Fraser McGurk because he might only get a game one, just say Finch doesn't get up. So, look, it's it's going to be interesting, and, you know, I don't know. I just think that with that sort of uncertainty, and, you know, we'll probably go back a couple of weeks or thinking Finch out to maybe round four, and you, in your head you're like, well, Jake Fraser McGurk might come in, he might open, he might have a good role in the team, and at least you'll get three, four rounds out of him. Um, but that time frame looks to be a hell of a lot shorter now. So, you know... Um, I would keep your ear close to the floor on Jake Fraser McGurk uh, because he's a popular option. Um, look, you know, there's that Seymour as well, who is the bottom price cheapie that's come in. Uh, you know, people were, you know, putting him in their team. He's, he's dual, uh, and he looks like he probably had a couple of rounds, uh, at least till um, Sean Marsh is back you know, probably uh, in teams, you know, which in which case he could have made some reasonable money enough to sort of get you to bump him up to someone else. Um, you know, there's every possibility that he could make way. Now, there's a little bit of moving parts if Finch gets up for this game one and even think ahead to planning for Finch for, for round two. What's going to happen to that lineup, you know, if Finch is back for round two. So anyway, those are the the, the news um, of people back in uh, or or close to in. We've had some confirmation that Maddie Wade is going to overcome that injury and be good for round one. Look, I think Maddie Wade is underpriced. And look, I think he's a good option for teams as a pod. Um, look, they've got the double game round in round six. And, you know, he is does some pretty good work up the top there, which... Darcy Short. Um, I think there'll be a lot of people that bring him in. Well, maybe not a lot, but there'll be a select number of people that bring Matty Wade in, and you'll be very happy to have him back, uh, you know, for round one. Okay, and over to the other team playing the first game this round, the Melbourne Stars. Um, look, they're pretty decimated, you know, for fast bowlers in particular. Uh, and their lineup is going to be very interesting. You know, one's named tomorrow. They look like they've got some real sort of rookie raw options uh, in the pace bowling department. Now, that probably bodes well for Faradown, the Pakistani leg spinner that was popular for people in teams. Um, and, you know, for mine, I think it's probably good news for maybe Stoinis. Um, they don't really have great, you know, death bowling options in that team. And I think he might... If he was ever going to bowl in the Big Bash, it's going to be for the Melbourne Stars tomorrow. They need some pace. And they need some death over bowlers. And I think Stoin fits them all better than you know the options that they have there. So, look, I think that that sort of solves for me 
Stoinis for round one. You know, he's cheaper than Maxi, who could probably bowl an overall two as well, like he always could. But in that team of inexperience, yeah, Maxi could bowl a couple and Stoin could bowl a couple. Um, you, I think they're both still good options for teams. Obviously, they've got the double game round in round three. And look, I think if there was ever a game, it's going to be tomorrow that um, Stoinis bowls. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think that that's the news from that one. Uh, look, any other news? Let me have a think. I've got a question into the socials. Do I think that Agar back is going to affect anyone at the Scorchers? Look, the Aaron Hardy is somebody that a lot of people are interested in. He's been batting up a storm, and he's recently come back from injury to bowl. I don't think he's going to bowl a heck of a lot in this tournament, but I don't think that Agar's going to bat in front of him. I think that Ashton Agar will bat behind him so if you're picking Hardy you are probably picking him for bat you know batting purposes mostly I I would hope that people are not expecting too much in the way of overs from him but I don't think Agar is going to get in the way of Hardy's bowling Uh, look uh, hats glue he might possibly get less overs I think I don't think he'll go out of the team it'll probably be Curtis Patterson I would think that would go out of that team but you know uh, as mentioned, Ashton Agar back in, Jewel, and, you know, a, a good option for teams. Uh, if you caught any of the highlights of some of the hitting from Lynn, <laughs> oh, Lynn. Uh, I mean, I've been saying in many of the podcasts that I don't think it's a wise idea to fade Lynn in round one. He is an absolute weapon when he's on, and in two games, it's a scary, scary watch. Now, he is a bit of a yo-yo, but, man, if you've seen the, if you've seen the highlight packages of him in, you know, the... in the socials today um he i think he should be a lock for sides he looks like he's seen them like they're beach balls uh and yeah hopefully if he goes off in two games the people who you know were stayed strong and and stayed on lead can be paid off uh but it made it looked good and i think he should be in your teams as i've always thought from right from the outset so the overarching thing I think about tomorrow's games is obviously, you know, Abbott comes back in. That that puts a line probably through Kerr. I don't think it's going to affect teams too much, you know, for Sixers, you know, lineup, except for the fact that I think they have a much stronger lineup, you know, bowling-wise. Uh, and, you know, Abbott comes back in with the four overs. So it doesn't make me worried about Menenti, who was a speculative pick you know, to begin with, but, you know, probably looked like a fair, safe option, and I've really got my concerns, Uh, not maybe about him being picked, which I probably expect he still will be, but the four overs have got me jittery, and and I've made the change, you know, personally in my team, Um, you know, the stars look decimated, for, for particularly for pace bowling, I think that it'll be an interesting watch how many of the three choices that they've got inexperienced pace bowlers that they do take into the game even if one of them sits out they've got two pace options you know i think that bodes well for the big stoin all right well let's finish this little short podcast with the news of the day you know and and just you know covering those little things um with my team that you know i posted today on all the socials my team which has changed um, the reason it changed was obviously because Abbott came back in and Agar. That sort of changed my thought process on Menenti for a start. So the real simple solution was Menenti to Agar, in which you know I've made for my team. But we'll go through it from the top, and you can see that 
uh, the changes that I've made <laughs> as opposed to the one that I posted earlier today on the socials. Philippi still stays in the wicketkeeper position for me. I've got Matt Jilks on the bench. I think, you know, he probably, he's not as safe as he was previously. Obviously, with Whiteman coming in, who's another good option, I think, for teams, they're going to fill the top order, I think, you know, in that team to begin the year. But when Ollie Davies comes back, I think the probably, you know, it's going to take whoever is the best performer <laughs> to hold their spot um, and force someone else out, if you know what I mean. So, you know, Jukes has every chance of holding if he performs. But I've got him in there at the moment um, because at least for in the initial rounds, you know, it looks like he you know, will have a good role. Uh, Daniel Sams, Tom Curran, Chris Lynn, Dan Hughes, and Harry Nielsen are my batters. And on the bench, I've got Joe Clark. Now, I did say in my post that I post today that he is my gangbusters tip to take the BBL by storm this year. It is crazy time <laughs> for Ado and Adrian Astoidis Rex. I'm carrying Clark in from round one. We do know that. Uh, you've got to be really careful about these English batters. And look, when it comes to Clark, he has had a little couple of games, three games in the big, big bash, and he didn't do very well. Now, I'm going to count that as someone who's had a stint in the BBL because I don't think, well, I'm hoping anyway, that he doesn't fail like English batters have done in the tournament in the past. So the reason why I feel like he's a safer bet for my team is because we've had the confirmation basically that he's going to open the batting and we've had the confirmation that he's going to be the keeper. So, you know, when you talk about risks, you know, versus reward, I think he's got some real X factor about him. And look, I think the role opening bat and keeping in that stars lineup, I think is a good role for, for super coach output. Uh, and the double game round in three is cherry on, on top. You know, so I don't think that <clears throat> he's as risky as it could have been uh, once we've had this confirmation of role. So he, I'm going in and I'm going to have him set up you know, right from round one on my bench as my loop option. And if he absolutely takes the BBL by storm, I'm going to loop him in and get him in and get his score. So it is my really ballsy pick you know, of the start of the year. This, it's my real ballsy, ballsy choice to go with Jay Joe Clark. And, uh, you know, I'm going to ride it. I'm going to see what happens. Uh, I've gone with the Connolly uh, Scorcher, who's currently injured, but he's got all-rounder about him, and he's a bottom-price cheapy, 42K. He makes the loop, you know, possible. Uh, you know, with the early schedule favoring Scorchers being the later game where I can easily loop. You know, so tomorrow, if Clark goes off, I can easily loop Connolly in probably for Harry Nielsen, into my team, and I get Joe Clark score. So Connolly's in my team. Now in my bowlers, I've got Majib, uh, as I've always had, Rashid Khan, I've got the big Stoin. I think that, you know, I've had a lot of questions into the inbox today, Stoinis versus Maxwell. Well, you know, I just think they've got absolutely dire straits for fast bowlers the, the stars but they're a bit of a quirky side they could bowl five spinners you never know with the stars but like like i said if there was ever a chance the storm was gonna bowl they need him you know tomorrow i think maybe for death bowling overs which is you know money 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 for super coach purposes so the storm is in i've favored the storm over maxwell a lot of it had to do with budget but i think if anything you know with their stocks and you know nathan quilton isle and 
and Stanlake and all this outs that they've had, they really need some experience. And I really, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we're going to see some Stoinis bowling. Ashton Agar has come straight back in to Adrian Stoinis Rex. Look, he's an all-rounder. He is, um, you know, someone that was probably pegged to be a great option for teams. Uh, and he's got the double game round in round four. I think he's going to bowl overs in that team. I think he's going to bat most games. Uh, and he's at a really, really good price in 89000 uh, With the troops that they've got out early, you know, I think he's, you know, a real uh, senior player in that team. Uh, and I've got him in. I've got him in. I, I had him in my original team, and I was gutted, you know, when we lost Mitch Marsh and Ashton Agar, but I can bring him back in, and I found a way to get him in. Now, it was probably, yeah, an easier thing for me to do in the sense that I was feeling like when you get a, a quality bowler like Abbott in, and you take out a, a bowler like, or player like Kerr, Kerr, two overs, Abbott, definitely four overs, I think that that could come at the cost of Manenti. So I've taken Manenti out of my team. Um, and I've gone up to Agar. Now, with my funds, it meant that rather than having one um, non-playing reserve, I'm going to have two. Now, we'll get to my bench in a second. But I've got Matt Kuhneman. Look, I fancy him a wicket-taker. He's been in good form. Uh, and, you know, people have been asking me, why not Bartlett? You know, why not Baisley? Look, I think Kuhneman, I love a spinner. <laughs> I do love a spinner. And I don't have Menenti in there now. I've got Kuhneman in there. I think, you know, Coach has been speaking nicely about Kuhneman and his role in the team early. Um, and, you know, I could technically... What have I got? 13K left. You know, I might be able to... I, I don't think I can get up to... Um, Bartlett anyway and I just don't know if I want to go it I mean I think Bartlett's a great option too uh, in teams but in the Bartlett versus Kuhneman maybe Bartlett's safer because he's definitely bowling four he's got a good role in the team you know for the first double game round but, but you know I've gone Kuhneman uh, on the bench I've got Will Sutherland he's been in really good form I, I seem to just I don't know whether luck of the uh, or unlucky as I am I get a lot of Will Sutherland hate, you know, like he's never done anything in the Big Bash. And look, I think he could have a breakout year. Certainly his form in the practice games has probably warranted a punt for someone at 70K in your teams. So, you know, I've got uh, quite a few all-rounders. I think that that's the go in Big Bash. And I'm going to have him set up on my bench and I don't need to play him in my team. So I can get a look at him and if the form translates you know, finally in the big bash and he has a good game, scores well. You know, he's going to probably bowl a couple of overs and bat probably six or seven in that lineup, um, you know, which could bode well, you know, for scores. So I'm just going to have him there on the bench. So I'm going to have bench set up with Clark, you know, who I think is an X factor that could take the big bash by storm, which I can loop in with Connolly and I can have Will Sutherland selected on my bench. Uh, and if he goes off, I can bring... Uh, bringing him into the team as well. So that's how I stand at the moment. So the changes, you know, were obviously I had to get rid of Faradown, who I'd had in for the stars. I do have a heck of a lot of spinners. Uh, and look, he hasn't really you know, set the world alight in the practice games. And, you know, I'm, that means I've only got two stars now rather than three stars. But for the balance of my team, uh, look, I think Agar, getting him in, I think he's a value pick. And I wanted to get him in, and I was having doubts over Manenti. So the only way that I could do that was by downgrading um, 
Faradown to Seymour. You know, and he's got all-rounder status. Might have an early roll. And then off into Nuffland he is. You know, you'd be a reasonable enough Nuff. Uh, or you've got your options like J-Can. I think there's some 42k, you know, all-rounder uh, Nuffs to choose from. You know, you just got to try to take into account having enough option that plays late enough in the round that you can actually use them for a loop. So that's something that will t be taken into consideration for teams. But that's how my team, you know, the the overview is that I've had to take my team from one nuff to two nuffs in order to make the changes that I wanted to do today. And look, I've only got six people into the double game round uh, in round one. I think that I've been preaching that seven is the sweet spot. Uh, but I'm going with six. And I think that, you know, if you can get your team to work, and you, I think seven is perfect, but I think you should try to have a balance in your team, you know, that fits and works and that you feel happy with. So for me, the, having it as two loops and only going in with six in that double game round, I get to have a look at two players on my bench, and I have loop options there to be able to loop them, which is strategically the best way for me to play the round, you know, to, to open the season. Um, look, the weather seems like it's pretty good for tomorrow, uh, for the later, you know, the time of the game. There's probably some early showers, I think, they say, but it looks like it's going to be clear for the game. So happy, you know, first round for you guys out there. There's a lot of things that have sort of happened in the your lead up you know i think if, if finch is good to go for round one or even you know well like i said round two he might be become a much more you know viable option than we thought you know a week or two ago uh, ashton agar is a big big one and look you know wouldn't it be great to pick abbott but you know he can't because he's only going to probably play the first game um Thanks for listening, guys, and good luck in round one of BBL Supercoach. Well, there you have it. Some late news and some changes. Ashton Eager's back, and oh my god, Sean Abbott too. Does it affect the teams? Maybe a little bit. Good luck tomorrow in your first round. Hopefully all your picks turn out to be genius moves. Thanks, guys. Good luck tomorrow, eh? Love you all.